Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on self-development and sexuality in Australia. My name is Rog. Today, uh, I thought it might be fun for you to uh, listen to my nasally voice for a little bit. Um, I'm kind of, uh, not not COVID, I'm post-COVID. I've got like a secondary throat, uh, chest infection thing uh, following COVID, which I had like a couple of weeks ago. Um, So anyway, uh, I'm feeling pretty chipper. I just sound, I don't know, um, you can debate amongst yourself. Uh, Some people think a voice like this sounds sexy. Um, I um, am not of that opinion. Um, I hope one way or another it's tolerable. And uh, yeah, I was just going a bit insane with not doing anything. So I uh, thought I'd uh, chuck a little episode out. Um, Pretty casual one today. Um, I actually, aside from giving you a listen to my lovely voice, I wanted to circle back and um, comment on something from um, the last episode we put out. So the last episode was one on busting Australia's biggest sex scandal, and thank you for the uh, positive feedback around that on the forum. Um, yeah, that was a really fun episode to do, but... Um, um, someone made a tiny comment, and but I was, this is more actually from me, I was anyway having a bit of an internal backlash about the way I was talking about um, grassroots, grassroots Christian communities in the um, alternative opinion section towards the end. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I just want to um, throw a couple more thoughts at that and um, balance out uh, my perspective a little bit. Um, because by itself, um, I guess the, the, the line I took with that was a bit, um, a bit dismissive and it doesn't actually represent, um, how I feel about those communities. So yeah, I'd like to talk to that a little. I might frame this a little bit as likes and dislikes. So things that I like about the grassroots Christian community, um, and then some dislikes or some concerns I have. Uh, So yeah, starting with likes, I actually have quite an affinity um, with the grassroots Christian community. So by that, I guess I'm sort of separating myself from the larger, more mainstream operations, and I'm certainly separating myself from uh, the mega churches or the, the big recent churches that often have links with capitalism, or rather, you know, have a really, really solid business model as an embedded part of their spiritual practice so not talking about them so much more just the way that um, your average local neighborhood folks um, practice uh, their their Christianity and yeah I often have uh, quite an affinity with that mob Um, I feel like that community does community building and sort of what you might regard as a basic level of care. They do that stuff spectacularly well. So, you know, turning up on your doorstep with um, chicken soup or fixing your guttering if it looks like it's going to collapse or, yeah, just helping you out when you're in time of need. Um, I think that's uh, something of an underrated uh, but very important part of the human condition. And, uh, yeah, those communities are great at that there's an expectation that people will conduct themselves in that way and i think most of the time that comes across 
Uh, also, of course, the philosophy of treating neighbours as you would yourself. Uh, I mean, personally, I just think that one little slice of how to do life is the most important question. Um, geez, if people just had the um, perception the, and the self-awareness to think in terms of, well, how would I like to be treated? How would I like to be regarded and you know talked about and related to by the people around me and just applying that same level of care outwardly to the people that are around us. I think that in itself is a really legitimate instalment towards uh, world peace. So I love that aspect of the um, grassroots Christian community. Uh, I also love there's oftentimes a sense of humbleness um, around that community, which I think is a, a, a really useful quality. So again, definitely drawing a separation there between uh, more like your Hillsong style of churches. Um, but yeah, there's a, real, there's a real humbleness in the grassroots movement that I like. And also intentional community. So for me, the, the phrase intentional community refers to a group of people who live together intentionally. So it's a little different to say a haphazard group of people that come together, say like, you know, you answer a request for a share house on a, a, a meeting board or whatever, and you wind up just through circumstances and, and, and haphazardness um, living with a bunch of people. I'd say that's more of a unintentional community, although obviously you get some very intentional versions of that. But yeah, an intentional community comes together for some form of purpose and does some form of living together. Uh, so whether that's like shared roof, um, shared purse, shared parenting, shared equipment and facilities and cars and things like that, or whether it's just shared belief and some shared meals or something like that. Uh, they can all be intentional communities. Um, I certainly had my uh, run with intentional communities more when I was in my 20s and I guess 30s. Um, I've sort of swung the other way now in that I enjoy living in an anonymous concrete box. <laughs> um, living by myself makes me an excellent housemate, uh, it has to be said. Um, but yeah, I've done my time with intentional communities and I think they are amazing. Um, yeah, a really important way of living, um, good for people's sanity and health. And there's a lot of different varieties of intentional community. There's some uh, rental housing co-ops as a part of our social housing system over here. And there's a lot of communities around the place of, of people who just live together uh, with intention for the purpose of living together. And so within that whole system, there's a subset of uh, religious intentional communities. And um, yeah, cutting a, finishing out a, a bit of a long story... I think some of those intentional communities, those Christ-based intentional communities, are doing a really good job of it. And that in turn becomes um, a solid base from which they can support a lot of other uh, generous actions in the community. Uh, yeah, so you'll often have an intentional community which is built around the purpose of doing something for the broader community. I think that's a very healthy um, thing to be doing. Uh, another thing I like about the grassroots religious movements is um, not getting caught up on possessions. I mean, I just I just love that. I think we're falling for such a capitalist trap at the moment of having our identity and our sense of worth 
bound up in the possessions we own or, or the the new car we've got or whatever. And it's such a short change of an approach towards happiness or sense of worth as a person. Like, you know, yes, there are some possessions which will bring you much joy and much happiness, um, but the ones where we just have them to so that we can have the latest thing or show off and have people value us for those possessions, oh, that's the... Um, weakest form of community and um and uh, not a good path towards happiness so yeah i like the way um a lot of grassroots religions and christianity uh have really taken the emphasis away um from those sorts of quote investments unquote um and i think also and sorry i'm way out of my depth here if, if you go off more down the judaism stream i also want to say the whole idea of a of a culture of actions where you are judged on what you do rather than what you say i mean i think that is gold that is um that is just a really great fundamental um value or belief to base a community and even a spiritual practice on uh also having rest embedded as a part of your practice um, and a culture of healthy debate. That's uh, also some fa fantastic things about Juda Judaism, as I understand them. However, I'm sure critics will be quick to point out that it's debate within certain parameters, but whatever. Um, and I guess lastly on this topic um, of what I like about the grassroots movements, um, I guess somewhere in here it's got to be said something to do with a sense of purpose. Uh, and a sense that life is greater than just oneself. And even though I personally disagree with a bunch of the specifics there, like, you know, all the God stuff uh, really is not my belief at all, um, I can very much see the importance of the sense that there is something greater going on than just ourselves, and I think that's missing in our world at the moment. Um, yeah, social media and a whole bunch of things have sort of aligned to just make us sometimes sometimes we sometimes we look like a bunch of just really overindulged self-referenced people and aside from the fact that that can make us harsh on the people that are around us um again it's just not a great path towards happiness and we constantly wonder why you know we've got we've got all the things We've got all the stuff, and we keep on prioritizing ourselves, but it's not making us happy. So I like the sense of a philosophy or a religion, which helps us to remember that we are but nothing in God's plan, or, you know, whatever language you want to use around that. So moving on to dislikes... I guess I, I would want to say uh, to the Christian movement in particular and the, the Catholic movement is, oh, people, get your house in order before lecturing us on how we should be doing sex and intimacy. Um, it's just hopeless. The, the constant waves of scandals, and there's a lot that are coming back to bite you at the moment. I mean, I think, I haven't looked at the numbers in Australia, but the Catholic Church in particular suffered, has suffered a lot of exposing scandals over the last sort of decade or so. 
um, which sort of aligns with the Royal Commission into Institutionalised Abuse. And so there's been incredibly bad publicity. And so I haven't seen recent numbers, but for a while there, um, this was being reflected in drop-offs in numbers and community participation, which, uh, which makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess I just want to say it's just so hard to, to take you seriously. I'm, I'm speaking in the moment to, to the churches, saying it's so hard to take you seriously. When, when you're trying to lecture us on good and evil as it relates to sex, whilst you've got so much good and evil going on in your own ranks, um, it's hard to talk about this without using the phrase or the word hypocrite. Um, and m moving on from there, you, the churches have absolutely messed up so many people with regards to their sexuality um, both from even when things are allegedly going well so just going through the standard stuff around what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do with sexuality and who you're allowed to do it with and don't touch that because that's against God's way and so, so even when things are going well like that let alone when they're not going well so some when when people within the system are being are taking sexual advantage uh, of um, of the community, so um, yeah, sexual abuse scandals, pedophilia, and the rest of it. So either way, so much damage is being done to people, so much harm, and I see that. Uh, so um, I've sort of wound down my counselling activities these days, but I've been sort of on and off counselling over the last ten years. Um, so as a counsellor, I see so much evidence of people trying to recover and restore and pick up their sexuality after having been through the mainstream, a mainstream church and having it just ripped out of them and, and misused. Um, I see it also in workshops. I mean, I've, I've taught about, I haven't checked the numbers recently, I've taught 12, maybe 15,000 people around communication and consent. And as a part of that, um, I people approach me um, a lot with stories about the abuse they have suffered at the hands of churches. And again, that's not necessarily when churches are even doing something that's outwardly wrong. That's just when, when churches are being so prescriptive about what someone is allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. Yeah, it's all very much causing real harm and real damage and so much in the way of body shaming and sex shaming. People with just this incredibly confused relationship with their body, which, I mean, I know this comes down to questions of beliefs. Um, and I know that I sit one on in one particular spot in that, in that, you know, there's a belief that says that sex should be reserved for a man and a woman after marriage. And I don't believe that. So that's where this comes down to a belief thing. But even from within your own ranks, just those limitations and the fact that the body just wants to do so much more than that. And then the, the shaming um, that happens um, when people inevitably start running ex uh, experiments and exploring with their body and with other people. Yeah, so much damage from that. 
And then let's pick up on that that belief that we were talking about, that sex should be just between a man and a woman once they're married. Oh, my God. I just Part of me just wants to say, what if you are wrong about that? Like, what if that's just rubbish that other believers have tied on to the original message of God or Jesus or wherever that wherever the, the start of that whole thought process was. And what if it's just wrong? And I mean, have you looked around at, at nature? Like na- Nature is also God's work, and there's homosexuality in nature. There's non-monogamy in nature. Um, there's sexual exploration in nature. Uh, so how do you know you're not actually questioning God's will by saying that sex should be limited to just a man and a woman after marriage. Uh, I think that deserves more reflection. And again, just because in the absence of that, you are causing so much damage. Part of my thinking around this comes from, I had a close friend who was involved in the aforementioned Royal Commission uh, into uh, institutionalised sex abuse and uh, like watching them go through that process of preparing themselves and reliving their trauma um, that they experienced at the hands of your church uh, and having to go through that whole legal process and how much that destroyed them a second time but listening to their stories of how much it destroyed them the first time around and took them so many times to the point of suicide, um, just absolutely ruining someone's life. And ju- I just, I just need to speak to the irony of what it's like, of of the way the church looks at me and my colleagues in the sex positive sector. Um, we're over here teaching people how to do consent well, as best we can. No one's perfect. Uh, teaching people how to do communication work in relationships um, and teaching uh, a more non-violent approach and a more pleasure-focused approach to how sexuality should play out. For the most part, doing a lot of good in the world. As I say, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. But teaching people a lot of things about boundaries and healthy relationships and healthy sexuality. And then the church has got the gall to look at us like we are the evil ones. While I'm holding the hand of someone going through the court process of holding the church to account for sexual misconduct. Oh my God, the irony. And I use my phrasing, my exclamation very intentionally there. Um, I think I think on those levels, um, I kind of like, one of the things I like about religion is the, the, the idea that we answer to someone at the end of our lives and we answer for what, what we've done and have we been good or have we been evil and where on that spectrum have we been. Um, I don't subscribe to the idea that there's an external figure or force or entity that we answer to around that. For me, that's a reference point where we answer to ourselves. And uh, on one level, that's just a question of, well, we all have to um, go to bed at the end of the night and have to be able to live with ourselves and, and how we're conducting ourselves. So I love the sense that there is some kind of accountability that's um, built into the system, like whether it's God or whether it's just recognising that you are your own God. Either way, I really like that, and I wished I wished that more people 
stepped up um, and embraced that self-responsibility. But even if I'm wrong about that, and if at the end of my life there is a God, um, and I'm going to get judged for what I've done in the world of sex and sexuality, I'm like, bring it. I'm happy to be judged for that one. And um, those of you that are in mainstream religious institutions and have either directly been involved in abuse or have allowed it to happen on your watch or ignored it, your judgment is coming also. Um, I guess, um, yeah, just to, to finish up this little rave, which uh, wound up going a little longer than I'd planned. I thought this was just going to be a quick little five-minute thing, but huh, turns out I had a lot to say. Anyway, um, yeah, I guess by way of finishing up, um, I did want to circle back and just say thank you to the, the grassroots religious movements and Christian movements in particular for the things you're doing in the realm of community and social care. And um, I'm hearing some good stories about some of the work that the chaplains are doing in schools. Um, what I'm hearing is that there is uh, some of that which is really good life preparation and philosophical grounding um, without necessarily ever even mentioning God or religion. And for me, that's what spiritual practice should be about so it sounds to me like some of you are doing that really well so i just wanted to note that yeah i hope that um i hope that dialogue between normally polarized groups can continue and i'm sorry if the way i presented that little um humorous slot on alternative opinion in the last episode i'm sorry if that uh contributed to polarizing the debate i don't think that's helpful and i apologize uh, while I am here, I might just touch on some feedback from a couple of previous episodes. Um, but first, I would love to run this ad telling you about an upcoming uh, two-day version of the Adventurous Touch and Intimacy Workshop. Hey folks, just dropping in to tell you about a new two-day workshop I'm running at the start of July. 2023. This is relevant to you if you're in Melbourne, Australia, but also if you're interstate and you've been looking for an opportunity to come on down and check things out. The workshop is a two-day version of the first workshop Curious Creatures ever ran. Uh, it's called Adventurous Touch and Intimacy. Uh, it used to be called Kink 101 and it's all about the things that you need to know to explore the types of touch and play that are maybe a little outside of our normal sexual programming. Although there's also a huge amount of just simple sex positive stuff in there, regardless of whether you've got any interest in what you might regard as kink. So there's stuff in there about working out what you want and what you don't want, how to communicate that with a partner, how to work out how to approach things safely and appropriately, and how not to collapse when things don't go as planned. Um, when I listen to myself say that, it makes the workshop sound almost like it's kind of drab, uh, which is not accurate. It's actually a load of fun, and a large part of the reason I'm changing it up to be a two-day workshop is that last time around, when I did it as a one-day, uh, everyone had so much fun that it just felt like two days would be better than one. So I've added in some content and some extra exercises and adapted some of the existing exercises so that they're more of an immersion of an experience. 
the intention is for us to really slow down and get comfortable with both the material and the people you're working with and learning it with. Uh, it'll be a great opportunity to meet like-minded folks. As at the time of recording, uh, about half the tickets are sold. Uh, if you want to come along as an individual and be paired with other people at the start of each activity, then you'll need singles level access on our forum. Uh, if you want to bring your own partner to do activities with, then you'll only need normal level access. And links to all of this is in the show notes. So yeah, I'm stoked at the opportunity to really get into this material and hang out with a bunch of folks for the whole weekend. I hope to see you there. So that's called Adventurous Touch and Intimacy, the uh, two-day immersion version in uh, Melbourne, Australia on July 1 and 2. Okay, um, so yeah, just a couple of quick comments on so some comments you've made, mostly via the forum or to me in person. Uh, about some previous episodes, um, yes, on the one on the on the episode of Australia's biggest sex scandal. Um, thank you. Glad so many of you enjoyed that. Uh, I had a super fun time putting that all together. Still makes me smile. Um, comment on episode sixty nine, playing with the concept of advantage. Um, yeah, someone was asking if that workshop's coming up again. So um, that workshop's called. Uh, playing with the cards you've been dealt uh, about your power, rank, and privilege. Uh, yeah, that workshop's absolutely going to be coming up again, um, at least in Melbourne. Uh, and I'm probably also going to start making that a two-day workshop experience as well, because that's, um, yeah, many people have asked for that. Uh, so I'll see how Adventurous Touch goes uh, in July. But there'll probably be that workshop coming up in somewhere around October or November, I hope. Um, and just lastly, a couple of thoughts just around COVID and where we find ourselves there. That's funny, you know, it's not over, you know, says the person that just had COVID two weeks ago. Um, it's not over and it's probably never going to be over. And there's probably never going to be a time where our governments are able to say to us, yeah, gang, it's done. Um, you did a really hard run of it there with all of them lockdowns and everything else and the impact on your life there's probably never going to be an end of covid kind of ritual or an occasion where we can market or have like a public holiday or anything like that because our governments can't do that because they can't take the pressure off um but somewhere in that mix um, things have changed it's become somewhat lesser we are learning to live with it so i guess my suggestion is um if you can find a way to do it that makes sense for you, I think there's some worth in doing some form of ritual or marking the occasion in some way. Whether it's just taking some friends out for a drink and letting everyone take it in turns to talk to the impact that COVID has had on them and where they find themselves now going forwards, or whether it's just a little moment of you taking some meditative silence to reflect on that for yourself. I don't know. Do whatever works for you. Uh, we're finding here at Curious Creatures, um, things are only sort of feeling like they're sort of back to normal. I don't know, relatively recently, we're, we're seeing numbers return to normal. Um, but it all still changes and people are still scared to go out and there's a lot more anxiety uh, and a lot more uncertainty. So yeah, we're still, we're still seeing the wobbles of that. 
thanks to those of you that um, jumped on board and tried some of the experiments that we ran during lockdowns and the like. I think a lot of them were really quite successful. I'm thinking about the socials that we were running by Zoom in particular. Still a part of me that would like to run more of them. I hope you're doing well. And I look forward to uh, bringing you uh, a few interviews, a bunch more shenanigans and a bunch more seriousness uh, as 2023 unfolds. Uh, Remember to uh, share this episode with um, anyone that you think might like it and jump on and uh, join our forum if you'd like to hang out with other people that enjoy this show. Bye, friends. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. I've created a forum so you can tell me and also chat with other listeners about it. It's at forum.curiouscreatures.biz and there's a link for that in the show notes. Once you've signed up to the forum, which is free and takes less than a minute, navigate to groups and then join the group for curious conversations about sex. And if you liked today's episode, please share it with someone else that might be interested. There's probably a share button right there in your podcast player. Curious Creatures run a variety of workshops, mostly in Melbourne, Australia. We've also got some pre-recorded workshops that you can watch anytime, anywhere. Our workshops are on sexuality, self-development and relationships. You might also want to check out our consent cards. They're a small plastic card with all of the questions you need to ask to give yourself the best chance of getting exactly what you want to the level you want it. There's a version specifically for kink activities and a more general version for everything else. Links to our consent cards are in the show notes. See you soon, friends.